Welcome to Daybreak with Ted Tibbett and Michael Paul. If you have a comment, you can call us now at 261-0898 or pound 981 on any ceasefire device. Our email is newsradiomornings at gmail.com. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. Boy, it sounds beautiful this morning. What a great song. Getting us in the spirit to talk to our good friend, Merry Christmas, Gene Valentino. Merry Christmas, Ted Tibbet. Boy, is that a a beautiful tone to start the show. Yeah, no kidding. Frank Sinatra, one of the greats. You know, uh, I, I like Frank Sinatra. You and I are close in age, Gene. Uh, but that was sort of my father's music. He loved Frank Sinatra. Funny you mention that. My dad used to be an NBC news correspondent and worked at the Mutual News. And when he was in local radio up in Connecticut, he had put together a series of Christmas vignettes called The Joys of Christmas. And it was that kind of music that Ted just played that uh, went out to stations all over the country. And it was a block of beautiful uh, narrations uh, laced with um, all kinds of Christmas music. Um, the Glenn Miller era and the Christmas time of Glenn Miller and um all of those ringing sounds that I pray we never forget or lose sight of in our history. Yeah, no kidding. Interesting fact. So, you know, we, we simulcast uh, each morning on two radio stations, WMXI, of course, 98.1 FM, but also on WFOR, which is 1400 AM and 92.7 FM, WFOR was an NBC affiliate for Ted. How many were maybe 50 years? Oh, yeah. Forever. One of the early NBC affiliates. So your father likely spoke the news over this station. Oh, it's true. And prior to that, did you were you ever affiliated with the Mutual News Radio Network? Uh, I don't I, know. I have been with stations that have, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. there you go. Here's a guy that's been Gene in radio Valentino, for 50, 50 mutual, years. Yeah, Gene Valentino, Mutual News, Washington. I was a high school kid, and I'd go down to the uh, studios in uh, uh, off K Street in downtown Washington, D.C., and uh, uh, lining up his show for my after my dad's newscast was the old Jimmy the Greek. Las Vegas um, uh, guy always reporting on the numbers out of Las Vegas, and he'd come in there with two or three of his, um, uh, (laughs) I don't know how to call him, he had a few ladies with him when when he'd come into the studio to do his report, and all the news reporters would stop dead in their tracks and look through the glass wall at Jimmy the Greek doing his uh, uh, gambling odds uh, report, (laughs) and Of course, I don't think too many of the reporters were concerned about the odds. They were looking at something else. <laughs> no question about it. Well, that's that's an interesting story spoken uh, from someone who actually witnessed that. That's that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. I walked. I had long hair down over my shoulders. It was the 70s in the anti-Vietnam era. I come into the studio with Farmer John pants on. My father almost died when he saw me. Uh, uh, but he, but it was really an interesting. It was my first start. As I 
started to grow up and figure out who I was, I, it was interesting to watch these news broadcasters in action. Total different era, the way they prepared their news and had to be uh, flexible and responsive for the immediacy of changes that would occur right up to airtime. Yeah, no kidding. You know, I had the, the, the great pleasure of visiting the Fox Radio Network in New York when, of course, we're an affiliate, and uh, I called ahead. There's a guy that runs the Fox Radio uh, affiliate program. In other words, he's the guy that takes care of all the affiliates, any, any questions, any issues. He looks for new affiliates, all those kind of things. And his name is Manning, Dave Manning. And I remember when, when, I, when I first called up there and I talked to him, he said, well, you're from Mississippi. He said, you will never forget my name because it's Manning. And I was like, yeah, Archie Manning. And he goes, yeah, but I'm no relation, unfortunately. But his name is Dave Manning. And we went to the uh, – he, he brought us into the Fox News studios, and we got to watch the, uh, the newscast actually being done live. And I didn't realize, Gene, all these years, you know, you hear – Fox News, NBC News, ABC News, all of these news networks that do the top of the hour news, the bottom of the hour news, didn't realize that they actually do this live. And how they get it right every time, I mean, rarely do you ever hear a mistake. Occasionally they do. They're, they're people just like us. But that newscast is, they're working on it all the way up to a, like a, a, just a few seconds before they walk in there to do it. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, real real short story to share with you is one of the things that made me so proud of my dad. Uh, it, it, it ties into what you just said, is during the net newscast, he'd break away for a commercial. Well, some of the sponsors would want the same voice as the person doing the news. So when you broke away for the commercial, we'll be back right after this. And you hear the, the same voice of my father uh, doing, a, I think it was a Reader's Digest commercial at the time. <laughs> well, the engineer in the engineer room had messed up the uh, electronic uh, uh, tapes or carts that he dubbed the commercial onto, and there was a, a, a bed of noise underneath the, the, t the radio commercial. I mean, this was serious. This meant his job. But halfway through the commercial, uh, my father hits the inter intercom and says, on my cue, send it back to me. And without a heartbeat, but without a break in the tempo, the mic comes back to my father in live on the air. He picks up the commercial right in the middle of the of the commercial uh, and goes live with the commercial, which was, you know, commercials are all taped and pre-recorded. Sure. <laughs> my dad was going live with the commercial and finished the commercial. Now the engineer got in trouble for what he had done wrong, but. Uh, reader from Reader's Digest point of view, they were very grateful and actually renewed their uh, advertising contract. Yeah, With a you know, small little tidbit. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just saying it's just a small yeah, little okay. tidbit of. I thought, thought you were talking that, to me. You said tidbit there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I thought you said tidbit. <laughs> let me yeah, let me grab thirty seconds and I'll tell y'all one real quick. I've been in radio forever. My father was in radio. Started back in the forties. But uh, Paul Harvey used to come to Hattiesburg a couple of times. He was friends with the owner of the station I was at. And he broadcast his show from our studios in Hattiesburg. And you all remember him. They asked me to time him one day to bring him back into the network. And I was a nervous wreck for 15 minutes looking at a stopwatch and a clock and watching Paul Harvey read. 
And it got down to the last five seconds. I said, oh, my God, I've got to get this guy out of here. And in my mind, I was going five, four, three, two. And when I said one, he said, good day. And he never looked at me the whole time. <laughs> oh, oh, my word. He had you it know, all in his head. Never you know, that, you know, a lot of, you know, Gene, a lot of people don't realize how difficult it was for someone like Paul Harvey back in those days to do a live show nationwide from a local affiliate. There was a lot of preparation and planning that had to go into that, mainly to get that. Ted, what did y'all use? Dry lines from the. Uh, yeah, and, the, you know, the AT&T was out there, the phone company, the Bell South, whatever it was at the time for days. But I was a nervous wreck just watching that man. He never looked at me the whole time. I had I was going to have to tell him to cut it off. And right when I hit five in my mind and looked up, he never looked at me. He just said, good day. Yeah, because he, he had yeah. that uh, wow. rhythm going. Yeah. Very good. Wow. Very interesting. Okay, so, Gene, I don't know. You know, th- not a lot to talk about. Uh, there There is something that we can talk about. Today is Festivus. And Rand Paul who is a conservative senator from uh, Kentucky, he is the guy who puts out every year this time what he calls the Festivus Report. And I, I reported about this earlier during the show, but I thought we would, uh, for a second, we would talk about this. We've, we've got, we're, we're, you know, we've got five minutes left, so let's, let's just try to make the best of it. Uh, about all the waste that our government uh, uh, puts forth each year, he said you, you would almost think the government's annual New Year resolution is to spend more and more money. Uh, he highlighted some of the worst abuses, $11.3 million to request that Vietnamese citizens stop burning their trash, $14 million to the Wilson Center of Washington Think Tank that puts on big parties for members of Congress, uh, and notable that other nonprofits receive nothing, um, $250 million in border wall money, not for the United States, but for the Middle East and North Africa. That uh, looks like, uh, the, you know, the just unbelievable things that we spend money on. They wanted to do a study on gambling, and they used pigeons to play slot machines. They had kids uh, that, that they had a study on kids that verified that, yes, kids like junk food. I mean, all of this crazy stuff. What do you think about that? Well, hey, we've talked about selective prosecution and inconsistency in the judiciary. Which there's also inconsistency in the way we prioritize um, our economic and social values. And part of that is the protection of the border and protection of, of foreign uh, and the support we give to foreign interests um, at the expense, at, at the taxpayer's expense here. Um, you you were talking about burning trash. I have a relative who just came back from, of all places, Somalia, and um, the way they handle their garbage, uh, plastic bottles and uh, skanky materials. They just throw it in the street and uh, create a pile. When the pile gets high enough, the, the passerby burns it. It's all loaded with toxic stuff. And here we are going to global warming and uh, pollution conferences around the world and taking on the burden of um, uh, uh, poorly responding nations and then turning around and funding them at the same time. Trump was right to try to put a sense of balance and make sure everyone's participating towards the same goal, towards the same end game. And um, it's not. It's, um, It's crazy. Hey, here's what I do know. 
right in our backyard, California and New York, blue states, totalitarian attitudes, heavy regulation and mandates as a consequence of this alleged pandemic. (laughs) Everyone fearing getting mugged, property damage, people saying defund the police and now they're begging for help from the police. Uh, The other side of the coin. Welcome to Texas. Welcome to Mississippi. Welcome to Florida. New York cops leave the New York beat and come to Florida, Texas, and Mississippi. They're championed here in these states. And we say thank you to them, and we don't vilify them. That's the distinction of what's happening right here in our own backyard. I think there's a, uh, a consciousness that's being awakened Hopefully not too late. This uh, Mayor Lightfoot, I affectionately <laughs> referred, referred to as lightweight in in Chicago, is um, has made a has desecrated that beautiful city at one time, and uh, I hope and pray that it can return to a glamorous place it once was. You know, I I, I tell you, we uh, we look around, and, and of course, we live in. What I, what I would consider one of the better places in the world, in the South, you live in Florida, we live in Mississippi, but, uh, you know, a, a lot of the same kind of thinking, especially in the panhandle of Florida. Do you worry, though, that these people that can't stand anymore the regulation, the taxes, all of the problems that are associated with living in these northeastern cities and in California, do you have a concern that, that they'll come here and eventually they will put us in the same situation that they put themselves in by voting for the same idiots in those states? Uh, a concern, yes. A likelihood, no. Um, you know, I came down from Connecticut 30 years ago, and when I arrived in Florida, the message given to me is was, when in Rome, do as the Romans. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so, there, I think there's enough, there's enough of us here in the South and I consider myself a Southerner, and there's enough, enough, enough of us here in the South that are saying that, look, wherever you came from, this way is working here. Don't mess with it. No doubt. All right. Well, golly, that's, uh, that's it. I guess uh, maybe will you be around next week for next Thursday? I'll make sure I'm available for you next Thursday. Okay. This has always been a, a fun time, whether some weeks, as you know, we've gotten into it on pretty – on issues that have been pretty intense and immediate in front of us. Other times, um, we've uh, had a chance to sit back and talk in a more general sense about about things. Uh, I think we're in for a wonderful Christmas and a bright new year, and it's time to say, express our gratitude to our Lord above and to our neighbors and friends. Well, thank you, and Merry Christmas to you, Gene Valentino. We appreciate you coming on each week. Thank you. Best to you, Ted and Michael.